calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. I want to take a second to tell you about a podcast I think you'll really like, Mayday. No one is prepared for disaster. No one knows exactly how they'll react in a plane crash, an earthquake, or when a lone gunman decides to open fire. On Mayday, you'll hear about the people who had to find out, people whose stories deserve to be heard. Join hosts Maya Nalani and Luke Welland as they tell you about extraordinary people who found themselves in extraordinary circumstances. Listen to Mayday wherever you get your podcasts. This special bonus episode of The Sheridan Tapes was made possible by our supporters on Patreon. Martina Donvita, Daphne, Neil Runge, and Chastity. If you'd like to support the show as well, please go to patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. For as little as $1 a month, you get early access to ad-free versions of episodes, a special weekly behind-the-scenes podcast, and patron-only AMA live streams. Before we get started, this episode contains loud noises, descriptions of a corpse, discussions of death and drowning, including child death, despair, paranoia, grief, and loss. Content warnings and a full transcript are available in the show notes. I don't even... I, I'm sorry. I, I should have written something down before I got started. I didn't think... I, I mean... God, where'd even start? <laughs> I've got a hundred pages of case notes here, but even I can't seem to put the damn things in order. I, I thought I knew what was going on, but I I think I for, forgot something. Some, somewhere. Somehow. This was the ninth, tenth, if you count Richard Sieber, and, and I do. Most people don't, but but I think. No, 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 no! It's not real. It's not real. It's not. Sorry, uh, sorry. Everything's just things like they are. I. Let's let's start from the beginning. 
So, um, it's January 6th? Yeah, yeah, January 6th, 20... Does this thing auto-date stamp? I think... Let me, let me look at the instructions here. Jesus. You've got to be kidding me. This thing has an auto-sensor? Who the decided that was a good idea? Ugh. Mary H. Mother of Okay. This is Detective Sam Bailey of the Agate Shore Police Department recording for the first time with this contraption. Because Jerry said, oh, it's easier than typing everything out. And I guess that's right. Because that computer's just another contraption I have to work with on this job. And I might as well save some time for all the other nothing I've got to do around here. Look. I'm not just getting on this thing to hear the sound of my own voice, is what I'm saying. God knows I don't like it. But Oslo County's finally joining the 21st century and accepting audio logs in place of case files. So here we are. Here. We. Are. Right. Hold up at the 7-Eleven down on Front Street. A couple of hooligans in ski masks with BB guns. Probably just kids on their Christmas break passing through. Well, they took were a few cases of beer. Drove off south, but no one caught their license plate. And if those security cameras Rick put in ever worked, maybe that wouldn't be a problem. Called up to the station in Arrowhead. Told them to watch out for an old red Jeep. Uh, old Miss Miller called this morning to say her basement was flooded and she needed help. Told her that was impossible since we live in the desert, but she kept insisting, so I sent two officers to help her. It's not like they had anything else to do, and it's the least we could do for all the cookies she sent to the station. Alan called back to say she was telling the truth. And the water was up to his knees. Don't know if the other officer was in on the joke or not, but they stayed there all day, bailing water, supposedly. Sure. A couple of drunken disorderlies at Chuck's last night. Just the usual. Though there was one out-of-towner. Jim said he stood up on the table and started singing in Mexican before he fell off and banged his head. I doubt Jim knows Spanish from Arabic, but I didn't feel like pressing the issue since we were already dragging the sorry sap of the bar to get into the hospital. He was gone next morning, but no one saw him leave. <sighs> Figures. Didn't have any ID on him, but we got his description if he ever shows up again. Black hair, blue eyes, pale Caucasian, fancy clothes. Hospital's breathing down my neck about who's going to pay the bill. I say, bill for what? And they say, ER services. But all they did was put an ice pack on his head and let him sleep in one of the hot. That was six months ago. First time recording. Jesus. I mean, I couldn't even tell what was important or not. I just, I just read the whole damn notepad. Let's try, uh... And I swear to God, if Alan doesn't stop stapling both copies of these reports together, I'm going to take him out back and shoot him myself. It's an act of mercy. <sighs> Sorry, that's... I probably shouldn't be on this tape. Uh, official business only and all that. Jeez, they even wrote that on top of the recorder in big red letters in case I forgot. But who else am I going to talk to about these things? I mean, is it really more professional to complain to a co-worker than a machine? And I can't talk to anybody in town. Word travels too quick. I mean, I tell Jim about Alan, Jim tells Mary, Mary tells Abby, Abby tells Jerry, and Jerry tells Alan. <sighs> and if this tape gets played in county court someday, which I find unlikely, nobody in Agate Shore will hear it.
Probably. I'm... I'm avoiding the issue, I guess. Just don't want to talk about it. A, a kid went missing at school today. The Martin's boy, Pat. Good kid. Too shy for his own good, sure, but smart. Curious. A couple of the other kids saw him wander off into the lake bed. It, it was an agate hunting trip. I mean, there were too many kids for Miss Maisie to keep track of, and the volunteer parent bailed at the last second. I saw him at Chuck's last night. It's probably still hung over. That's... That's an ambulance, not a patrol car. God, I hope that's not... Jim. There's been another one. Jesus, no. Another three. A couple of teenagers from Arrowhead, up for spring break. They were, they were car camping out on the lake bed. Smoking or drinking or, you know, whatever kids do out there. Helen went out to check on them when he saw their jeep out there. He... It was just like Pat. Stone dead in the middle of the desert. Their lungs full of water. Salt water. Then Alan tries to tell me that when he got to the car, it was flooded all the way to the windows, and the kids were floating in it, that when he opened the door, it all spilled out and soaked in the ground before anyone else got there. I mean... God, Alan, people are dying out there. The least you could do is stop cracking jokes about people who are... <sighs> Alan's dead. He... Just like all the others. Water in his lungs, his skin colder than it should have been out on the lake bed in the sun. The coroner said the same thing he did with the others that he drowned on salt water in the middle of the desert. I'm sorry, I can't. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. First time I've recorded anything in a while. I, I couldn't just sit in my office. I, I couldn't. I couldn't breathe in there. It felt like I was 
I, I don't know why. I thought it'd be better here of all places, but, but it is. I, I, I couldn't get away from them in the office. Oslo sent up a new team of investigators. They, they think it's a serial killer. Some, someone with a, a fixation on the old Salt Lake, but, but I... It, it took me a while to figure out how to move this thing. Uh, they, they had it mounted to my desk, but I, I, I did manage to get it off. But, but I couldn't take it home. Maybe it's, it's quieter there, but I, I couldn't just tell it to the recorder. I had to... I, I needed to... I'm sorry, Alan. They're dead. They're all dead. All four of them. Marcus, Clarice, Han, Evan. I, I barely even knew their names before, before I got the coroner's report. A whole team from Oslo. That's, that's nine in four months. Five cops and four kids. They were out on the lake. They, they called it a stakeout, but I, I don't know what they were hoping to find. Maybe they were going to use one of them as bait or something. They were still on their serial killer theory, trying to chase down leads on that guy who disappeared out of the hospital in January, right before all this started, the, the one singing in Spanish or, or whatever it was. Uh, no one's seen him since, but they were so sure, so confident, so determined that nothing I, nothing I said... Told them it wasn't a serial killer. I tried to tell Han what I knew. I thought he might listen. He just laughed in my face. It was the last time we spoke. stopped raining. I, I took Russell out for a walk for... I guess it must have been the first time in weeks last night. I was just letting him out on the porch before. Gross, I, I know, but... I just couldn't go out in that. Well, last night, I, I couldn't sleep, and... And then the rain finally stopped, so I... The gutters were still flooded. Nothing drains properly here. I, I guess it's because we live in the desert, despite what the weather wants us all to think. I had my boots on, and of course, Russell was having a blast with all the puddles. He was going to make a mess of the carpets when we got back, but I didn't care. It's, it's not like I'm trying to impress anyone. Not, not anymore. And I was too distracted to really notice. Even if it was dark and there wasn't much to look at, except maybe the streetlights. I could smell the water, though. I know it's impossible, but it smelled like the ocean. Like salt. Like the way the lake used to when... I was hypnotized by it all, by the 
the streetlights passing by and the smell and something and something else. The sound of waves. And then all the lights went out again. <sighs> Russell started barking right away. I noticed it too. I, I couldn't see anything. Not, not then, but I, I felt something. Someone. Watching. Waiting. Considering. There, there wasn't a moon last night. What was left of the rain clouds was hiding the stars. But it still wasn't dark. Not like it... Not like it should have been. You know how when you're swimming in a lake and you open your eyes? How there's that kind of green-gray glow all around you? It, it was like that. Except if you were at the very bottom of the deepest lake you could think of. And there was barely any of that light, but it was still all around you. No up, no, no down, no real source that you could see. And you look up to try and find the sun, the, the way back to the surface, and it's... gone. And it's... it's gone. And then I felt like there was water in my lungs... Coughing and choking on the ground, trying to breathe. Ru Russell, Russell saved me. He was barking at the shadows behind one of the dead streetlights. Then I thought I saw something moving there, something tall and pale, but I only saw it for for a second. My eyes were watering. I, I was I was crying. Then Russell was licking my face, snapping me out of whatever it was. Then I was crying again. Jesus, crying over the fact I was... I was alive. Uh, oh yeah, uh, by the way, the, the profanity filter's broken. I haven't tried to fix it. The filter, the lights, the generators... Everything keeps breaking down. I guess, except... Everything except the cars. Those are still working. They have to be. People just keep leaving. Jerry found the guy. The, the guy from the bar that night last January. The, the pale one with black hair and blue eyes and nice clothes singing and another language. He was... He was murdered behind the supermarket. He was... He'd been dead four days before anyone noticed the smell. There was no one taking out the garbage anymore. There... There wasn't any water in the lungs this time. The autopsy says he died of shock, completely unrelated to the other deaths. It could be. He was older than I thought he'd be, and at 67 if his ID was legit. He did have it this time. Just, just an expired driver's license from Montana. Maybe it wasn't another drowning. But, but he'd been out in the sun for four days... It could have evaporated or drained out or, or something. Anything. I, I 
I don't know. His name was Richard Seaver. It's... It's over. They're all gone. Everyone. They were already... They were already leaving and... This was just the last straw. Jim was out on the lake. Nobody knows what he was doing out there. He, he worked a full night at Chuck's. He should have just gone home to, to marry. And, but someone on the highway saw him wandering out there alone. Alone on the salt flat. They couldn't tell if he was moving away from town or running towards it, but they pulled off and, and drove over to him. By the time they got to where they, they thought they'd seen him, they It was just like all the others. Almost. But he had a, a note in his hand. It was pretty well crushed and, and soaked almost all the way through. It pretty much fell apart the moment I pulled it out of his hand, but there was only one word on it, written over and over again. Restore. 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 was right from the start. The signs were all there. The lake bed, the drownings, the weather. Hell, even Miss Miller's flooded basement. It's so goddamn obvious. Even you could have figured it out. If only... If only I ever told anyone. I grew up here in Agate Shore. I know, I know. I, I play the big city cop so well. Dragged here against my will... And it's also kind of true. When I went to school, I never wanted to end up working back here. But no one else would take me, though. Guess I was too bad with computers to actually fit in at any other PD. Maybe... Maybe it was Agate Shore trying to... Back when I was a kid, there was actually a shore. There was actually a lake that... You're too young to remember it. Hell, I'm, I'm almost too young myself. They built the dam when I was in third grade, and the lake was gone by the next summer. But before that, I was, I was always out there with my parents. My mom and dad would swim out in the lake early in the morning and then teach me to swim in the shallows in the afternoon. We went out there as, as often as we could, sometimes three or four times a week in the warm season. I was a pretty good swimmer by the time I started kindergarten, and then I decided I would try to do what my parents did. Swim out to the middle of the salt lake and just, just float in the sun. They would never let me go out that far. My dad would jump in and pull me back to shore and tell me it wasn't safe out there. So one day, my parents forgot the towels in the car and ran back to fetch them. I... I jumped into the lake and just started swimming. Uh, I was a good swimmer, yeah, but not half as good as I thought I was. It was late February and 
the lake was still cold. I made it about 20 yards before my arms started seizing up. I, I tried kicking to keep going, but my legs were already stiff and I, I couldn't seem to stay afloat. And then my legs rose too. And I was sinking. You know when you're swimming in a lake and you open your eyes? How there's that kind of green-gray glow all around you and you can't tell which way is up? That's what it was like. Except I knew I was getting deeper and deeper by the second. I tried to scream before I went under, but that just filled my lungs with water. I was drowning, and stupid as I was, I knew there was no one coming to save me. And then I heard it. The voice. I, I don't know if it was the lake itself talking, or, or some creature or monster or what. For a long time, I, I thought it was just my own imagination, or maybe it was God. I don't think so now. What would you do to save yourself? It asked. Anything, I thought. What would you give to save yourself? It asked. Anything, I said. Who would you give to save yourself? I wasn't thinking clearly. My, my brain just couldn't get the oxygen. And I was afraid. So... So afraid. Anyone I managed. Just before I blacked out. When I woke up, I was in the hospital with my parents watching over me. I never did get a straight answer out of them about what happened. They said I made it out of the water just in time, but they never said how I got out or who pulled me out. But I could still hear the sound of the waves in my head. I still hear them now, every once in a while. For years, I, I thought one of them swam in and, and saved me, but, but didn't want to say it. They didn't want to scare me. Now I'm not so sure. I never really got the chance to ask them. The lake took them both back a, a few months later. Restore. 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 Anything. Anything. Anyone.
The Sheridan Tapes, Prelude 4, Case Notes, starring Trevor Van Winkle as Sam Bailey and Robin Gabrielli as Alan Gott, with original music by Jesse Hagen. Written and produced by Trevor Van Winkle and made possible by our supporters at patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. Visit thesheridantapes.com to view additional content, rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and connect with us on Twitter at Sheridan Tapes and on Instagram at The Sheridan Tapes. Season 3 begins Friday, May 13th, 2022. I'm Trevor Van Winkle, this is Homestead on the Corner, and you're listening to The Sheridan Tapes. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.